Access to information is a topical issue. And we've just celebrated the International Day of Universal Access to Information and also, of course, World News Day, which is very pertinent to the subject. And finally, we have an Access to Information Bill before Parliament, years after Action Namibia and others started to work on this project with the Ministry of ICT in 2016. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel as this is set to become law. The COVID pandemic has given even more impetus to the necessity of such access on the part of both citizens and journalists alike. Given the predominance of disinformation around COVID measures in general and vaccines in particular, and of course the lack of transparency in government and other sectors. With me today to chat about the urgency of the ATI law in the prevailing circumstances is Frederico Links who chairs the Action Coalition, which has pressed for an ATI law and has helped to formulate the bill. Frederico also heads up Namibia Fact Check, so he's very well acquainted with all of these issues. I'm Gwen Lister, host of the NMT's Free Speak podcast, in which we talk about all things media. Thanks for joining me, Frederico, and I look forward to our discussion. Thank you, Gwen. Um... It's, it's good to be back on your podcast again. <laughs> great, great to have you. Frederica, can you start by just for the benefit of those who perhaps not all fare with the situation, just to give us a short status update on where the Access to Information Bill is right now? So the Access to Information Bill was retabled in Parliament in the National Assembly by uh, Minister of Information and Communication Technology, Paya Mushalenga, in September right. uh, this year. Um, this was after, you know, he had initially tabled the bill in June last year, um, but because of the disruption caused, caused by the pandemic and also because, um, because of politics in the National Assembly, the committee to which the bill had been referred right. in, in 2020, um, after initially being tabled, had not been constituted um, in that parliamentary in the 2020-2021 parliamentary year. So it never actually made an appearance in that committee and that, that was sort of the excuse given at that point. Um, and earlier this year as well when we, we requested information about an update where this bill was in, in, in the parliamentary process. Right. Um, so now the bill is back in parliament in the National Assembly and I mean it, it seems that the intention is to pass the bill um, before the parliamentary calendar for 2021 closes, which is at the end of November. Right. So we could see, you know, um, this bill being discussed and then eventually passed in the National Assembly and then um, going to the National Council and then back to the National Assembly for, 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 for you know, if, if there's anything that needs to be sorted. Um, and, and that the bill could actually become law before the end of November this year. Um, so that seems to be the intention. Um, so, I mean, that's something that we're, we're monitoring. Okay. So it looks like, I mean, finally becoming a reality, which is good news. Um, but, Frederico, you know, really to dig down, I think, and I'm sure you probably do as well, as we both members of the Action Coalition, um, that many people, you know, when we talk about grassroots, don't really yet understand the importance of access to information in their lives. And I think that's especially so during the pandemic when times are tough and many people are simply concerned about putting food on the table and surviving from day to day. 
I noticed um, an article in New Era which quoted, for example, the Oshikoto governor, who said that uh, over 90% of his residents feels that there's a lack of timely access to information or that there is uh, very little information for the residents of that area. And presumably this also includes pandemic-related information. You know, this is quite an indictment of the prevailing situation. So maybe give us a few thoughts on why you think transparency should be prioritized over and above what citizens may consider to be more pressing issues. Look, I mean, there's a, there's a serious question mark. Uh, I, I read the article uh, that you're referring to. There's a serious question mark over that specific figure there. 91% is the figure that yeah. is being mentioned there. 91% of Oshikoto re residents you know, do not feel they have adequate access to information. All right. Um, so I don't know where that figure comes right. from. But, I mean, if we use it as a guide, I think it's something that we can sort of draw across most of the country, you know, mo most, most people... Especially um, rural and rural areas, population, yes, right. Um, ...do not have access to meaningful access or, or, or to, to any sort of information that might actually play a role in their lives. And, and I think there's a lot of information out there that sort of substantiates that. Um, but why transparency um, is, is so important at this time? I mean, I think we, we can see what a lack of transparency... Um, has has actually has actually uh, uh, the consequences of a lack lack of transparency um, in in an emergency, um, and and this cuts across um, cuts across all sectors of government. Right. And 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 firstly, I think this plays out in a lack of trust. Um, if the government says something that is actually in the interest of society and, and tries to put something forward, it is met with a great deal of distrust. And we see this if if we just go by you know, how people express themselves on social media, for instance. You, you can see that people don't trust the information that government is putting out. Right. So that translates into people not trusting the, the, the measures that government are trying to put in place. Right. Um, and, and, I mean, this, is, this has real-world consequences in, you know, how, how we respond to, to this emergency. So, I mean, everything comes down to whether... We trust our government, whether we leave our government, whether we, um, we find that they are um, approachable and amenable and they, and, they, and they provide information that is meaningful to us on the ground. And, and so far, I mean, what has played out in the pandemic, um, government's actions have been accompanied by suspicion, by misinformation, by disinformation. Right. Right. Um, and I mean, we see this especially around the the, the vaccines and and the the vac vaccination program, which started in March this year. And we are simply not encouraging people. Um, the government now enough is, is not is yeah. not encouraging people, and people are not believing of the messages. People are not trusting of government, um, and 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 they're so so they're not responding to the call to get vaccinated. Right. And and this is how we how we open up the economy. This is how we um, try and, uh, you know, um, save businesses. Businesses, right. that, a lot of businesses that are on the verge of collapsing. This is how we, you know, we, we try and maintain jobs. This is how we resuscitate something like a very important sector, the, the tourism sector yeah. in this country. Yeah. 
Um, and and it's at the moment the only pathway is through through uh, vaccination. You know, vaccination. Mm. Um, and people are not um, responding to this because people are, are very suspicious of of the messaging. People are very suspicious of the measures that the Namibian government has has put out there. Okay, and and you know, Frederico, that again raises an interesting question as to whether an access to information law is actually going to help. Um, if you like, buck the trend of this mistrust in government. You know, at what point will people start to trust the information that government's putting out? Or is it that they simply don't do enough to disabuse people of those sort of conspiracy theories around vaccination? And and, and it's weird that people, uh, as you say, mistrust government. And yet, in this digital age and the broader public uh, access that there is now to media and information, via, for example, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp, you name it, don't you think that many believe they kind of have the access they need simply through these sites, even though there's a lot of disinformation um, on social media, um, so they feel then, what's the fuss about an ATI law? We don't trust government, we believe social media, why do we need a law? Do you think that factors in, or is that kind of a bit, bit of a stretch? Yeah, so I mean... You know, this isn't something new. There's there's a long-term decline in trust here. Right. And it's not just government. No, of course. I mean, there's a long-term decline in, in most institutions. Well, you know? Media And it's not as just well. Namibia. Exactly. And, and the media as well. Sure. And, and you see this. I mean, if we take, for instance, the the Afrobarometer uh, survey from, from 2019, the eighth round of Afrobarometer, already in that survey, um, people said... One in two Namibians, over 50%, just over 50% of Namibians said they um, believed government officials were, were spreading falsehoods uh, sometimes or often. Right. That's over 50%. That's they a lot. believed that government officials, civil servants, were lying to them um, regularly. Um, so, so, so this was before COVID-19. Then if we look at this um, against the survey, the Afrobarometer survey from earlier this year, where two-thirds of Namibians um, said they, they, they did not trust the vaccines and government's ability to make sure that the vaccines are safe. Yeah. I mean, you, you see how, you know, it's just gotten worse in the, in the, in the space of, of just over a year. Sure. Um, so, and, and, and it's not as if, you know, they, 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 they believe what's, what they are being fed on social media. Because in 2019 already, you know, in that Afrobarometer, um, the results there showed that most social media users actually didn't uh, didn't believe the information they were getting via social media. Yeah. So so people are just distrustful. They just In general, feel yes. Uh, they just feel they, they they're being lied to everywhere. Yeah. And by everyone, by institutions that traditionally people have looked to for for trustworthy and credible information. Sure. Now they're they're viewing. Everything with suspicion. They, they they believe they're being lied to, by 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 government, by the media, by uh, uh, you know financial institutions. They they feel they're being exploited, and and this, this is the state of affairs. Now, how do we how do we deal with that Address situation? That, right. You know, right. Is, is is the question, and I don't think we've we've given this in the Namibian context. We've we've actually given this enough thought. enough thought. Right. Um. Not within government. Not within the media. Um, not within the private sector. Um, how do we 
you know, walk this back? And how do we regain trust? Exactly. Is, is the question I think that we have to grapple with going forward post-COVID-19. Right. Um, because I suspect it will just get worse from this point onwards um, until people hit some sort of wall and say, you know what, this isn't good. Yeah. Um, this level of distrust isn't good for for social cohesion, for, for society in general. And, and we really need to, to find some way to, you know, cut through rebuild, sort of, yeah, yeah, exactly. to rebuild trust, to rebuild what we've lost um, as, we've, as we've lost trust in, in institutions yeah. of all sorts. And I mean, it, it, it's, it's not a nice prognosis because it spells out a population that's becoming more confused rather than leading us towards a knowledge-based uh, uh, society, which, of course, is what everyone aspires to, so that we're all kind of active participants in our own development and in our democracies. But, uh, Frederico, again, I often think that, on the same subject, really, that uh, access to information as a concept would mean or come to mean a lot more to people on the ground if we could help them and or... Um, illustrate for them, if you like, more practical ways, uh, the practical ways in which it can benefit their lives, whether it is how to get bursaries for their children, um, how ATI can actually help uh, to fight poverty and alleviate unemployment, because definitely it, it has resonance. But I think we're just not putting practical examples out there. Any, can you give any more examples of, you know, that people would say, ah, okay, now I see uh, where this can help me in my life? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, putting food on the table is, is, is an important consideration. Sure. Um, at this point in time. Absolutely. And, and we see, you know, food prices mm. have just escalated. Yeah. Um, and people don't know why. People don't understand the forces at play in, in this. And I think this is where, um, you know, um, as, as media um, and as civil society and as government, it becomes important to explain to people, you know, what is happening in, in our food production, where our food comes from, um, what is happening in supply chains, um, why are our basics becoming so, so expensive. Yeah. Um, and, and the knock-on effect exactly. of a fuel price, for uh, example. Exactly. Yeah. So, w how does the fuel price impact on on yeah. on, on food prices? Yeah. Um, why is it that we're struggling to 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 you know in in the area of food security, in in and food self sustainability in Namibia? What are the factors influencing that? Yeah. You know that sort of thing is 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 important to 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 make people understand how do we deal with this? What are yeah. the solutions? Yeah. You know. Yeah. How can we circumvent uh, this over the long term? Because, I mean, once you have these sorts of trends, they tend to prolong. Exactly. Um, and, 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 I mean, our, our economy is not in a good place. Yeah. Namibians are not in a good place. People are struggling. Mm. Um, life is very hard at the moment for a lot of people out yeah. there. Um, and, 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 and this is part of what... So, you, you know, you can't separate these things. You, you need to deal with... Um, you know the information around the pandemic, around COVID nineteen, in the some in the in the same breath and vein that you're dealing with these, um, you know these 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 socioeconomic issues because COVID nineteen has had uh, a compounding effect on, on on the hardships that we faced before the pandemic struck. I mean we've been in in 
in in uh, been facing severe economic headwinds since 2016. Absolutely. Our, our economy hasn't been in, right. in serious deterioration and decline since 2016. Um, and now we've had the pan- pandemic sort of compounding that. Right. And and people, I mean, even in, in my close network of, of friends and family, people have lost jobs. People yeah. have lost businesses. Yeah. People have lost livelihoods. Right. The mental health effect of this, I mean, I can see it. Can't and, be underestimated. You know, is, yeah. is, is having an impact on people. And, and the fact that now people who had businesses are, are struggling to find work, struggling to... To, f- to you know for incomes for absolutely um, people are struggling to pay their house their their house bonds people are struggling to pay their cars they um, so I mean people are losing um, people are going backwards people are falling back into yeah. poverty who had yeah. emerged out of poverty um, and 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 they don't understand what is busy happening right and and that's fertile ground for people to be radicalized by conspiracies, by misinformation, Absolutely. by disinformation, ground. to to fall for all sorts of you know uh, rumors and speculations, and 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 uh, that this is a deliberate attempt. COVID nineteen is now a deliberate attempt to impoverish and and and, and population control and all sorts of and, you know all sorts of yeah, thrive um, yeah. because people don't understand. What is busy happening? Right. The uncertainty, the insecurity, yeah. is is playing on people's minds. Yeah. Um, on top of uh, desperation and depression and exactly. everything else, and and I mean, we've had statistics out of of you know an increase in right. in suicides. Right. Um, um. So I mean, these things play into each other, and 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 it needs to be. We need to be in lockstep with what's happening. Yeah. Um. And we, uh, com- communication-wise and informationally, exactly, and, and that isn't happening. Exactly. We're not, you know, we're not there to try and counsel people through hardship, um, and and that's what we should be doing in a time yeah. like this, because this is where things fall apart. Exactly. Um, and if if we're not holding things together with, with messaging and communication and, and so on, right. um, you know, we can go seriously off the rails. I, mean, I saw. A, a headline this morning about, um, you know, conditions are becoming increasingly ripe across the continent for uh, popular upheavals, for, for, for riots, especially food riots and so Absolutely. on, um, for, for countries to be destabilized. We've already seen a number of coups just this year across the continent. And this is, these are the sort of conditions that, that, make that, it that fuel these sorts mm. of, you know, these sorts of things. So, I mean... We have to find a way to deal with this informationally and communicationally. Right. Frederico, you know, at times I think that we tend to absolve um, people of their kind of responsibility, if you like, in terms of getting or demanding their access to information. And there are times when, uh, when they gave out that grant, for example, during lockdown last year at the height of the COVID pandemic, where people all seem to know where to go and what to do to get the money um, that would help them. So what do you think about this? Do we also need to point finger a bit towards the people and say they should care to have good information? Definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fully for taking responsibility for, you know, informationally empowering yourself. Um, and, and we see this. I mean, uh, the example you make is a good one. Um, and we see this as well with, um, 
you know, the, the, the misinformation and disinformation that we're seeing. Right. Um, people are choosing to latch on to certain types of information. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're taking responsibility uh, there. Um, and, and, and then they're talking about, yeah, we're being lied to, we're being, um, so we're being deceived, uh, and, and so on. I, I often hear people say, you know, where do we go for credible information? Um, and, and my response usually is, you know, if, if, if a year and a half into a, a, a devastating event that is affecting your life... Right. You're still you're, asking that question? You're still asking where to go for information. You're clearly not taking responsibility for what's happening. But then you, 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 you complain about, um, you know, uh, I've lost my job, I've lost my... Uh, uh, I've lost my... my you know all sorts of things, um, but you're not empowering yourself with with information. You're not taking responsibility for all right. Being proactive, exactly. All right, so this is busy happening. I need to monitor this day by day. Um, and, and I'm not saying you know you should be doom scrolling, you know, making yourself depressed by uh, uh, you know constantly on social media scrolling through uh, a bad news. And, and, and there's been a lot of bad news. And, and, and it's fully understandable that people would switch off. Yes, you don't need to expose yourself to all this, uh, all, all the bad news out there. But you need to be informed about what's happening in your world around you because right. it's, it's happening to all of us. Right. It, it's, it's affected your job. It's affected your pay. It's affected your family. You've, people have lost loved ones, not just businesses and houses and, and livelihoods. People have lost loved ones. And if you're not in that, if you're, you know, that is the context, uh, and, and you're not taking responsibility for being informed, right. what would it take? Exactly. You know, People what would must it take? take their blinkers off. Yeah. What would it take for you to take responsi- responsibility to be informed, to be knowledgeable? As a citizen. Uh, as a citizen. Because if, if, if this doesn't do it, what, what would? Right. And, and you know, to... to make uh, access to information which is and I think is often correctly described as the mother of all rights um, to make it less airy-fairy concept and more kind of practical um, so that people can really see and and somehow I think probably across the board whether it's even us in action coalition the ministry whoever we kind of failed at getting that that message to people and that's obviously what needs to be addressed Frederico, just to turn briefly back to Parliament, you know, the little bit that I watched seemed to me that, and, and herein also lies a problem, the debate was rather lacklustre. And I also felt that at times that the MPs themselves didn't uh, really see the advantage of access to information or even really know much about what it entails. What do you think, I mean, to dig down to the law itself when it actually is enacted, hopefully by year end, what will it do that we cannot get, and here I'm referring to the media, it was World News Day on the same day as, as the International Day of Access to Information. Um, what will a law do that we can't already do, especially in the media, to get the kind of information we need when it comes to good journalism, for example? Well, I, I think, I mean, what this law will also do once it's passed is actually encourage the generation within the public service of more and better information. Okay. And okay. the archiving of information in accessible form so that if a request is put in for information that uh, it can actually be accessed 
you know, easily. Um, and speedily. Yeah, yeah speedily yeah. and easily. Um, so, I mean, this is, this is, this is what, what we should be looking at. Now, I mean, one of the areas that I'm interested in is, is procurement information. Yeah. You know, what's happening in the public procurement space? Because that is sort of caught to government service delivery. Um, and, 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 and it's, it's taxpayer money. Um, it, it's meant, uh, public procurement is meant to serve uh, the people, the public. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, this is, this is where you get to see what waste mismanagement, um, misprioritization, um, maladministration looks like and where service delivery falls apart. And the fact is that a lot of the information that the public should have access to in terms of what is being procured in their name right. for them. Yes. Um, we don't have access to that information. Okay. So that's we, an area you know, that can be... So, 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 yes. So that people can see... I mean, a government is building a website for a million dollars. They've just given a contract for a website of a million... Where does a website cost a million dollars? Who made that decision? Yeah, and who's asking the questions about yeah. it? Uh, yeah. um, that's clearly not money well spent. Yeah. If you can get... Uh, uh, you know, you can get very good websites, for instance, for, for way less than that. Right. So you can see, so the, the public can see where the money is, is going, where it shouldn't be going. I mean... May I, may I quickly juxtapose that, what you're saying, Frederico, because it's very important with a news item I saw just the other day, which is sort of with some pomp and, and heraldry, they announced that there's now a, a garbage pickup um, a site for the informal settlement. I think it was Owetoweni in Ochiwarongo, and I thought, about bloody time. So, you know, I think you raise a very good point. A million for a website, and we don't have refuse removal for many of these informal settlements. How do we make people care about those issues? Mm. And so that it's not just a few activists standing up and complaining, but that it has groundswell public support to ask the questions about where the money's going, yeah, you I mean, know. Uh, yes, I mean, I, I think as, as civil society, we need to be a lot more vocal about, you know, th these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we try. Yeah, we, we try, do. Uh, um, you know, to, to focus on what's important. Exactly. Um, but there's only so much as we as civil society can do. Um, we, we're small and marginalized. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you would also expect... Um, in a democracy that that uh, political actors would you know exploit uh, shortcomings and and, and raise uh, you know shine the spotlight on where things aren't working and right. and so on but i mean um, your your previous question about you know parliament and, and 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 what's happening there so so i mean namibian opposition politics hasn't been namibian politics in general is is low quality politics right uh, there, there isn't a focus on on on, on the issues, right? Um, and and holding and they don't do enough homework exactly. themselves because if uh, they don't understand ATI, yeah. how do we expect people in a rural settlement to know what it's yeah. about? Um, so, so I mean, th th there's a lot that needs to be done, not just within one sector, um, but across sectors, because you can't. We're facing a situation where you, you can't just fix one thing and expect. You know things to to fall into, fall place. into place. No, yeah, yeah. It, it 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 is fixing things at different places, communicationally and informationally. I mean, the ATI law is just one thing. 
Absolutely. It's just one element yeah. in, in what needs to happen. A vast jigsaw puzzle, exactly. you know. You then yeah. need, um, you know, then need, I mean, where I, I personally stand is once we have an ATI law, we need to have a, a, a law that enables, um, you know, the public civil society to be able to hold government accountable through actually suing government. Right. That just, that, that would uh, 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 sort of enhance right. the ATI the ATI bill, right. if you can then use the information to launch a a lawsuit on, against government for what they aren't doing and why they aren't delivering the services that they should, right. which they have on paper, say, um, uh, documented that we're going to do this by the by then and so on. And then you can actually use the information. Right, exactly. Um, or the lack thereof um, to, to, to launch a lawsuit against right. government. And that's one way of, of us using the courts to hold government accountable for, for service delivery, um, where communities can then actually go to court and say, you said you would do this for us by then, and, it's and you haven't. Done. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to force There's you through the courts, yes, right. through the courts to do this thing. Right. Um, and, and that's something that we need. That's an accountability mechanism that sh we should have as, as, as Namibians. Um, so these are the sort of things. But the people, you know, your average Namibian, you have to uh, educate about these things. It's not just that because now we have an ATI bill right. that things are going to change. No. Right. no. There are things that need to be put in place at various other points. Com complementary uh, things, exactly. like, as you say, accessibility to justice or the exactly. law for that, people. That, that builds out your constitutional right. rights. And it reinforces. Um, and, and it reinforces them. And your freedom of expression. And, Absolutely. And, you know, that, that, that rein, these, uh, a cycle of reinforcement through, through, through lawmaking um, that builds out our human rights right. um, and, and, and builds out the, the ways that we can hold the state accountable for, for falling short right. um, on, on its own stated plans and, 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 and intentions and so on. Um, so, so these are really things that we, we, right. we need to speak to Namibians about. And ultimately, those would help to combat uh, distrust as well. Exactly. I think, you know. Frederica, also um, uh, just spreading the word about ATI, because I think we both agree that's absolutely necessary. And I, I'm aware that Action wasn't entirely convinced about the ministry's current approach, which is going around the country on so-called, I think they call it sensitization, missions, um, and from what I've read in the media, these events have been poorly attended. I know for one, I believe that we should make more use of a very powerful medium in Namibia still, which is radio. Um, in the process, it seems to me the Action Coalition, which I think credit must be given where it was due, really started this whole process and momentum towards an ATI uh, law many years ago, has kind of been, if you like, uh, cut out of the equation. Um, what do you think on, on, on this, just very briefly, mm. as we head towards our last five minutes of this podcast, and I still have another question or two? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the, the ministerial, the MICT roadshow is presumptuous, um, um, is premature. Um, I mean, our, our position was that uh, we didn't exactly understand the rationale for this exactly. before the law was passed. Right, exactly. Um, because... I mean, well, they're saying people have time, I think, until October 25 to, to give their comments. Yeah, but where is that going? Exactly. I mean, it, it doesn't, uh, from what we've, uh, what the ministry has communicated to us is that th th there isn't an, a way for 
us to to make changes make changes to this bill as right. it, this text as it is. So so what's the point? Right. Um, is it just to collect public comments for for when they write up a report of this whole exercise? Um, if, if we can't, maybe another thing. <laughs> I mean, the cynical side exactly, of these you know. So I mean, so so this is this is you know. So so we 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 weren't in favor of 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 this, right? Um, because we think it's 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 premature, um, and I mean, they can do what they like, of course. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there there are areas in the bill that we feel need to be strengthened that we would like to engage on, and and we feel the platforms need to be created to address those areas in the bill where we feel it can be made even better. Exactly. Um, I mean, on the whole, we, we're, we're not dissatisfied with, no. with the text. We, we, we really like what we're seeing, but there are specific areas that we feel um, could be made even better for this eventual law to be a, a, a standard-setting exactly. ATI bill. Yeah. And not just on the continent, but internationally. Um, and, and, and really... This opportunity is not being used. Um, so, so rather than going on this roadshow around the country, yeah. we'd rather have the ministry and, and engage the ministry to look at those areas where that could be made much better than they are at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then also perhaps post uh, the actual bill becoming law, then the importance is to really conscientize the public on how to use the law effectively. Exactly. And I think that's where I end up in the last question with you, Frederico, is, you know, to use that old phrase, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. At the end of the day, an ATI law, whether it's good or bad, depends largely on whether people are going to make use of, of it or not. We all know Namibia is late to the party in terms of African countries who've come on board and enacted such laws. And I'm not sure whether all those countries are using them very effectively. How do you finally, in your wrap-up thoughts, Frederico, do you see the scenario playing out here post the bill coming, becoming law, and what do we need to do to make this an effective ATI law? Well, I mean, I, I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll have to monitor the implementation going forward because um, we're sort of already getting, hearing that, um, you know, we'll pass the bill now, but it might not be implemented for a few years because you know, there's no money to do this, to create the institution or structures that need to be created. Right. Um, so we could see this bill on the books. Um, Just being window dressing year, for the time. Exactly. Um, and it's similar to the witness protection bill exactly. and the whistleblower protection bills um, that were passed in 2017 and still haven't been implemented. Right. Um, and, and the excuse, of course, is you know what, we don't have the resources to do it at this point. Right. Um, so, I mean, this, this is what we suspect will happen going forward. Okay. Um, and then, you know, at some point beyond 2025, when a new government comes in, that's probably when we should expect wow. this that's to be implemented. Wow, to come, Frederico. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, this is, this, is, this is what we're facing. Um, and, and, and then, I mean, of, of course, once the bill is on the books, um, we can start talking to people about uh, and, and doing outreach and doing, um, you know, communication around the, the provisions of, of, of the law. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and once that the implementation starts, you know, if, if, we're, if, if we're really doing our work, uh, our homework, we can, we can have a society that is then, um, or at least a sector of society that is 
then acquainted with with the law exactly. and that's what I, I think we should be doing and as you said earlier that that argues for people or institutions to use the courts um, but but I in mean the that, absence of an information commissioner and all the trappings yeah. of this bill but but I would caution I mean as okay. I said earlier that that you know look uh, an ATI, the ATI law would just be one thing um, that we would need, one component of, of, of a much more enhanced legal framework. Exactly. Uh, we then need to put in place other elements in this equation for, right. you know, for people actually to live out uh, fully this, this right to access to information, to right. justice, to right. freedom of expression. So, uh, you know, having the... the, the ATI bill follows on having, for instance, the whistleblower protection bill. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, and so these, exactly. And so these, uh, we keep on putting in place and we have to ensure that these, these different uh, uh, legislative initiatives are, are implemented right. or are put at least on the, on the statute books yeah. um, if they're not being implemented uh, immediately. Yeah. And then, you know, they start speaking to each other and we can start making use of them, start holding government accountable. Right. Um, and, and that's what we should be aiming for. So even if we're not, um, even if we have an ATI law on the books, um, you know, it, it might not work optimally for us in the immediate future, um, but at least it's there and we can then move on to putting the other things in place that we need to build out our human rights and our constitutional rights. Exactly. Europe. And so... Maybe we can conclude this, Frederica, by saying, well, we've dis discussed obviously a lot of the negatives, but all is not doom and gloom, and that it is a start, a law is a start, and hopefully, among others, the media itself uh, can also start really exercising their rights in terms of the law, even if everything else isn't in, in place yet. And so hopefully, and I mean, obviously, what you've said earlier, there's still a lot of work to be done to convince people that is, this is the mother of all rights and they need it really uh, to make a difference in their own lives. So to end off this podcast, I'm Gwen Lister, host of the Free Speak podcast on all things media. Thank you for joining us and thank you, Frederico, for your input today. It was fascinating discussion. And please, everybody out there, check out the NMT podcast on SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes. And thank you very much for joining us in this discussion. <laughs>